Welcome to a night of total terror. to the Undead Wookiee Podcast, Episode 3. Uh, the Undead Wookiee Podcast is a fortnightly podcast focusing on horror and sci-fi. However, there will be times when we dip into other genres as our nerdiness knows no bounds. So this episode, we will be delving into the gory depths of Lucio Fulci's Zombie Flesh Eaters from 1978, also known as Zombie 2, or its Italian title, Zombie, so it's spelt Z-O-M-B-I. Now, on this episode, we were going to have a couple guests on, but unfortunately, their schedules couldn't mean, uh, meant that they couldn't be here today. So, unfortunately, guys, you are stuck with me. So, for this episode, like I said at the top, we're looking at Zombie Flesh Eaters from 1978, uh, directed by Lucio Fulci. Um, and just to give us a bit of a flavour of the film and get a bit of a feel, uh, I'm going to play you guys the trailer. Ahoy there! This is the Harbour Patrol. Anyone on board? Yes, it looks abandoned. Just what we'd like to know. One more step and I'm gonna blast you. Now freeze where you are! Yes, it's my father's boat. And uh, how long since you last spoke to him? Well, we have to go to Matul. We're trying to locate Anne's father. She hasn't heard from him for some time. That's not a cool place to hit. Natives claim it's cursed. They avoid it like the plague. I'm going to tell everyone that you're the one who's crazy. Demented, cruel, evil What exactly did my father die of, Dr. Minor? And the boat's crew, what happened to them? What is about the dead coming back to life again and having to be killed a second time? <laughs> Violence, fantastic legends, voodooism, zombies. Been rife for centuries. Voodoo's just superstitious horseshoe. Now, whatever it is, it makes the dead stand up and walk. I've seen it with my own eyes. <laughs> When the earth spit out the dead, they will come back to suck the blood from the living. Ah! 
not going to make it off this island. They're coming back to life. They're everywhere. Stand up and walk. That is such a good trailer. It is one of my favourites. Uh, for me, I, I love it. I could watch it over and over again. Um, I particularly love the music by uh, Fabio Frizzi, uh, which I think is used brilliantly within the, uh, within the trailer and out throughout the film, in fact. And we'll come on to the music of Fabio Frizzi and his relationship with Lucio a little bit later on but first of all what's the film about what's the story what's the synopsis well quite simply a mysterious boat arrives in new york harbor the crew is nowhere to be seen however lurking in the bowels of the ship is one of the undead unbeknownst to the new york harbor police who board to investigate and while searching the the boat one of the police officers is attacked and killed. His partner then opens fire on the zombie, shooting it several times, but has he killed it? Who knows? It mysteriously falls overboard. Now, the police then track down the daughter of the boat's owner. Now, the daughter is played by Tisha Farrow, um, and the character's name is Anne Bowles, and she doesn't know where her father is, and whilst all this investigation is going on, somehow the press get hold of the story, and the uh, the ace journalist, uh, played by Ian McCulloch, uh, known in the film as Peter West, is dispatched to find out what's going on. Now, soon after, they discover that her father is on the island of Matul, somewhere in the Caribbean. So Peter and Anne set off in search of her father. Along the way, they enlist the help of two other strangers, uh, and they set off for the mysterious tropical island of Matul. Um, here they encounter once they arrive on uh, Matul, they encounter the mysterious Dr. Menard and his assistant, uh, who are desperately searching for the cure for a recent epidemic of the undead. So, overall, who is in the cast? Well, we've got, like I said at the start, you've got uh, Tisha Farrow playing Anne Bowles, you've got Ian McCulloch uh, as Peter West, you've got Richard Do uh, Johnson as Dr. Menard. You've got uh, Al Cleaver as Brian Hill. Uh, you've got Oretta Gray as Susan Barrett. Uh, then you've got Stefania Di Mario as Dr. Minard's assistant. And then you've got Olga Colotis as uh, Dr. Minard's wife. Uh, the film was, of course, directed by the great Lucio Fulci. It was written by Dardonu uh, Sacchi. Uh, the music, as we've already mentioned, uh, was by Fabio Frizzi. The beautiful cinematography and it's one of the things that makes this film um i've been very very fortunate i've got the arrow blu-ray release of this and the film looks stunning uh the cinematography was by uh, sergio salvati and the makeup effects were by giannetto de rossi 
The history for this film and how this film uh, came into being is incredibly interesting. Um, due to the success of George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead, uh, Zombie Flesh, Flesh Eaters was um, originally going to be a sequel slash kind of prequel to Dawn of the Dead. Now, a key thing to remember is that at this time uh, in history, in the 70s and sort of into the early 80s, Italian copyright law um, was somewhat, shall we say, um, a little bit lax. And uh, Italian films, uh, a number of Italian films, I should say, tried to pass themselves off as sequels to uh, other successful uh, box office hits. Now, I said at the start of the show about uh, Giannetti, uh, Giannetto, sorry, De Rossi's makeup effect. It is in my humble opinion that De Rossi's zombies are, and I'm going to possibly be a little bit controversial here, are better looking and have a more real feel than the great Tom Savini's uh, zombies. Uh, I think the Rossi zombies um, are, are really are the stuff of nightmare. You know, they're rotten, they're maggot ridden. You can see the maggots falling out of them uh, and their eyes are closed. But yet they still somehow manage to sort of find where you are and they just keep coming and they plod along and they're shuffling and bits are dropping off. The... I think they're absolutely fantastic. Bit of trivia here for you. Um, there are only three zombies in this film that actually have their eyes open. Thank you very much, for IMDb, for that bit of trivia. And uh, now, going back to the makeup effects, they really help create um, the atmosphere in this film. I think the because of the state of decay that you see the zombies in, and the and the sort of um, you can almost feel the humidity of the island oozing off them. Um, you get the sense that the the decay is really setting in. In the island, you know, you can feel the heat. You can, you know, you see the the flies buzzing around, and that overall sense of dilapidation and and ruin taking hold of the island and its and its inhabitants. I think De Rossi is um, a genius. Now, De Rossi came to fame initially for the film Emmanuel in America, uh, where he created the special effects for the infamous snuff scene in the film. And his effects were so realistic that many people who saw that film the first time actually thought they had shot, um, the makers had, re- had shot a real snuff film. Uh, he also worked on David Lynch's Dune. Uh, now, I am personally, I know it's a bit of a controversial uh, one, but I'm a fan of that film. I do like Dune. I'm a massive fan of the book, and I hope that we're going to come uh, come around to covering that at some point on the podcast but going back to De Rossi, you know, he would go on then to work uh, with Fulci on The Beyond and The House by the Cemetery. Now, again, I think, you know, he's a key element in this film's success. I know I've said it several times already, but I can't sort of uh, enthuse enough about De Rossi's work on this. The other key component for me in this film is the score. Now, the score was composed by Fabio Frizzi. Um, and I got to say, I love it. So much so, I've uh, recently tracked it down on Amazon and you can purchase the album on vinyl. Um, it's not the complete score, though. There are a couple of tracks missing on it, but the cover art on the vinyl case is absolutely beautiful. Um, and I'm really looking forward to, to getting my hands on that. Um, and one of the things that I love is that sort of 70s, 80s feel of the use of synth uh, and the drums. You know, it's so good. Um the two most memorable scenes in the film, of course, are the eye-gouging scene where Dr. Minard's uh, wife 
is dragged towards that large wooden splinter, which it just lasts forever. It just goes on and on, and she's getting closer and closer and closer. Then we come to the moment of the film. The bit that everybody remembers is shark versus zombie. But if, if I feel that if it wasn't for the music of Fabio Frizzi, these uh, scenes wouldn't have the same kind of impact. Um, I think they, the you know they're massively enhanced by the score. Um, add together De Rossi's incredible makeup. Yes, the eye gouge looks a little bit fake now and a little bit dated, but do you know what? For me, it still stands up. I really like that sort of... It, it, it It's extreme. It looks a bit... But I think it works. And I think in context of this film and in context of this cinematic universe, I think it really, really works. Um, Frizzy would work with Fulci on several different films, sort of going through, spawning, spanning sort of several different genres, including... Um, spaghetti westerns. I actually, don't, I'm not a big fan of the term spaghetti western. I think you know, I think uh, it should just really be you know western, regardless of whether it's uh, made in Italy or Spain or wherever. I think it's just a western, and I think some of the greatest westerns made have been made in it um, in Italy. You know, all we have to do is look at um, you got your Sergio Leone series, then you got your uh, classic film like Django. It just goes on and on. Anyway, sorry, I digress. Um, the other thing I think we need to really look at is the performances. Um, they arrange from the very impressive. I think Richard Johnson as Dr. Menard, I think he gives a really good performance. Um, in my perform, uh, in my opinion, it's his performance that holds the whole film together. Um, then we come to Ian McCulloch, who is clearly going through the motions. Um, he isn't bad, but, um, I think... The suntan and the paycheck are clearly why he is there. Um, and then you've got, you know, performances then to the downright laughable. I think Al uh, Cleaver, whose real name was Pierre Luigi Conti, is just awful. Um, and some of the exposition dialogue he is given is dire. Um, there are scenes where he just suddenly becomes the font of all knowledge. Um, you know the bit where he starts uh, describing about uh, Spanish conquistadors on the island. It's just where did that come from? And then we have uh, Oretta Gay. Uh, Gay. Um, why am I stuttering? I'm stuttering a lot in there. Sorry, guys. Um, then we we come to Oretta Gay. Um, this was her film debut, and of course, she almost manages to upstage the zombie versus shark moment by. Wearing very little and a little bit of scuba diving equipment. Um, what What's interesting is Ian McCulloch uh, spoke um, in an interview. I think it was in Starburst magazine. I'm sure it was Ian McCulloch. But he speaks uh, about how uh, Fulci was not particularly nice to uh, Miss Gay uh, during the shooting of the film. And the scene where she is under the water was shot after um, she'd got uh, quite badly sunburnt. And to top it all, uh, she wasn't a particularly, um, she wasn't the best of swimmers. And Fulci made her do a number of takes. Um, however, when you look at her performance, um, it's a little bit wooden. And it does a smack of someone being hired for a particular skill set. And maybe acting is not one of those skill sets, you know. Um, but 
again, and it sounds like I'm being quite harsh with a couple of the people with performances, but I do think like the wooden performances do add to the feel of the film. And I'll come on to that in a little bit. Um, and of course, we have the uh, Dr. Minard's wife. You have Olga Carlottis, um, who plays Paula, Dr. Mendes, uh, Dr. Minard's wife. Um, she brings uh, a level of hysteria to the film that on some occasion plunges quite clearly into pantomime. However, she does have, you know, the iconic death, you know, with the wooden spike going through going through her eye. And I think she handles that scene really, really well. Um, but for me, the, best, the standout performance in the entire film is Richard Johnson. And whenever he's on screen, he does bring a real sense of gravitas to the, um, uh, to the film. Uh, interestingly enough, you know, we go back to the eye gouging scene. The eye uh, gouge would become a bit of a hallmark in all of Fulci's films. Um, and like I said, I think she does really well with that. Now, let's talk about dubbing. Now, lots of people always uh, criticise the film for its bad dubbing. Now, I like the bad dubbing. And the fact that certain things are lost in translation. Um, you know, one thing that we got to remember is lots of the cast were speaking in different languages to each other. Um, you know, the sound was then added in afterwards. You know, some people uh, some people get rather snooty about about the dub. However, it adds to that, you know, that feel of um, that you're watching a genuine exploitation movie. You know, you don't come to a film like Zombie Flesh Eaters expecting Schindler's List. You know, people watch these films for horror, gore and nudity. The fact it's well shot, has a great score and overall is a very, very good film, is a bonus. Let's, you know, let's not forget the amount of faux grindhouse rubbish that we've got to sit through these days. You know, we have, there are films out there that intentionally have bad dubbing. Uh, you get, the, you know, the trick, you know, the forgotten missed real moment. You know, not that a missed, you know, not in Flesh Eaters that there is a, fle- uh, a forgotten uh, missed real moment, but you know what I'm talking about. You know, this zombie Flesh Eaters is the real deal. And if it wasn't for this, um, we wouldn't have... We wouldn't have such uh, a robust, um, I can't say resurgence because I feel like we're coming to the, almost to the end of the zombie resurgence. But I don't think without zombie flesh eaters, without uh, Dawn of the Dead, without Night of the Living Dead, without Zack Snyder's remake of Dawn of the Dead, I don't think, and of course I can't leave out um, George Romero's Day of the Dead, I don't think we would have such a, um, a strong genre uh, or subgenre of zombie movie as we do today um you know this is um this is the real deal um and it should be applauded for being the real deal um is this film a masterpiece no it's not however what this film is and makes no apologies for it is a blood soaked exploitation classic that help give Mary Whitehouse and her brigade of do-gooders in the 80s a good kick in the teeth and help fuel my lifelong obsession with zombies and the zombie genre. Uh, the fact that this ended up on the UK's video nasties band list only served to fuel my young interest in Euro horror and Italian cinema and all of its gory forms. And because of that, to this day, I have... Um, a keen interest, a love of world cinema, 
um, and a love of genre pictures. And I think that's something that we need to sort of applaud these films and remind people that they have gone on to influence a great number of filmmakers and a great number of films. You know, you know this this is a zombie flesh eaters is a great film. It's got amazing moments in it. It's got some iconic moments. I mean, okay, we're going to go into spoilers here. Very sorry if you haven't seen it. Pause the podcast right now. Go and watch it, okay? So you've had your opportunity. You know, the sight at the end of the movie of the undead crossing the Brooklyn Bridge, the lingering, agonizing deaths in the film, the excellent synth score, the gory decomposing makeup effects, you know, the ridiculous plot holes, the fact that they just stumble into a conquistador graveyard with ancient relics lying around. Um, When this film was initially released, it was essentially dismissed, along with this director. And I think, you know, I think Lucio Fulci, I think he's a bit like, um, he's sort of a like him or hate him kind of director. I personally like him. Um, Don't get me wrong, not all of his films are great. Some of them are not good. Some of them can stray into the realms of being unwatchable, but they all have moments. And I think he's a bit of an easy target. You know, but as the years have uh, have gone on, this film's reputation has grown and that of Fulci himself, you know. And so how am I going to score this film? Well, I'm going to score Zombie Flesh Eaters as an 8.5 out of 10 and say it's a high priority rental and an excellent gateway into Italian horror. Um, So, yeah, but if you're a completionist like me, get yourself the arrow blu-ray it is it is awesome it is jam-packed with extras the transfer is really good the sound is really good you know it you know and yes people say about the dubbing and everything forget about it just put it on sit down and enjoy it um i sat down with my wife um to watch this and she's never seen it before she's never sat through any kind of euro horror or 70s italian zombie movies and she enjoyed herself. Uh, she did. Uh, she did chuckle the entire way through. Um, but I think if you can take anything from the film, it is that it is. I don't know. I, I think the words to try and describe it. It's, it, it is. A, it is a cinematic experience that, in order to appreciate where the genre is now, where genre movies are now, where horror is now, you have to be able to. You have to have seen these films. You have to have seen Zombie Flesh Eaters. You have to have seen Zombie Holocaust. You need to go back and look at the original uh, Night of the Living Dead. You know, go watch The Burning, you know, go watch Sleepaway Camp. All of these really, really great films. Not all of them, obviously, are Italian horror, but they are good places to start. Well, that kind of just about rounds up the show. Um, As always, uh, I would like to thank the guys over on the Horror Movie Podcast for tweeting and retweeting and liking my posts um, over on Twitter. Um, The Twitter feed for this podcast is at all capital letters at the Undead Wookiee. Um, Also, I want to thank Dr. Shock Dave Becker for his support. Um, And people, you must get over to his site, DVD Infatuation, where he reviews a movie a day. It's it's brilliant stuff. He's a really, really good... um, He's a really good writer... He, he's, you know, his blogs are 
they're fantastic. I really love watching them, and I I always look forward to seeing what he's gonna what's gonna pop up on his Twitter feed. Um, I also want to say uh, and give a bit of a shout out and a mention to Bad Horror Movie Blog. Uh, again, a show much love to the show. Um, again, another great blogger, um, and he reviews and blogs about some of the most some of the classics that you might say fall into the guilty pleasure category. Um, read his blog; uh, it's it's brilliant. His his particular post. Uh, or blog on class of 1999 it's brilliant um also his article on uh, ninja 3 the domination um i love ninja 3 domination it is a real guilty pleasure of mine uh, the fact that you can combine a ninja movie with the exorcist with flashdance genius watch it um golden Golbus, um it's a, it is a classic. It is brilliant. It's right up there with Revenge of the Ninja, Enter the Ninja, American Ninja, all of those great films. And, of course, you get the legendary Sho Kasugi in that film as well. So get over to Bad uh, Horror Movie Blog. It's well worth a look. Also, um, I want to give a shout-out to Blake over at... Um, his, ha- his Twitter handle is at Spivey Points. Um, thank you, man. Uh, again, thank you for tweeting and retweeting um again another gentleman who has impeccable taste in movies so please get over and follow him on twitter he's a really really great guy to, um, and he does respond as well not all people do that um also i'd like to say um to everybody who has um tweeted me uh retweeted gone to the youtube my youtube page and watched this Thank you very much. It is very, very humbling to you. Um, I'm uh, I'm much appreciated. Uh, the fact that you could put up with my voice for any length of time. Thank you. Um, also, last but not least, I want to give a shout out to Gregor Mortis and his crew over on the Land of the Creeps podcast. Again, love the show. Guys, you must, if you're a horror fan... You need to be listening to the horror movie podcast and you need to be listening to Land of the Creeps. It is there. It's really good, good stuff over there, guys. Get over and listen to it. Um, so just to wrap it up and in the immortal words of Count Duckula, good night out there, whatever you are. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.